Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome back for hour number two of Fantasy Sports Today on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galena, along with George Kurtz, Fantasy Prince, Sean Engel. Big weekend for waiver wire ads, waiver wire activity in fantasy baseball. Also, a lot of uh, a lot of you, including uh, myself and George and the Fantasy Prince, Sean Engel, will be watching. Uh, closely, the uh, the series finale of Game of Thrones, and hey, uh, Sean, if you're there, you you didn't uh, chime in uh, when we were talking a little Game of Thrones. Uh, any uh, predictions as to who ends up on the throne uh, at series end on your part? Overall, I do think as far as who's going to end up on the Iron Throne, it's really going to be a toss up of whether John wa- really wants the throne or not, because that is going to be the big question. But you said he here. doesn't. Yeah. If, if right, overall, right. I do think that uh, Daenerys, the whole episode, it's going to be based on the aftermath of last episode in which there's probably going to be a decision that John is going to have to come to terms with. And probably Tyrion's going to talk about this with him in the episode about, you know, just killing, killing Daenerys off because she's now the Mad Queen for the sake of the Seven Kingdoms. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, maybe she's not exactly the uh, safest ruler nowadays. And she... It's clearly shown based on the carnage from the last episode. So it's going to be a whole morality choice and if if John is going to be the one to do the deed. But let's not forget, though, mm-hmm. they, as mentioned earlier, uh, listening back through the uh, old audio of you guys last hour, <laughs> that you talked about mm. Jamie still being alive. I do think that there's a chance mm. that if he is still alive, that he is probably going to make an attempt at Daenerys' life. I really do think that. Wow. So what do you think? Like maybe there could be like a beam that uh, just like falls in a certain place and, and, and him and maybe Cersei or survive the collapse of, uh, you know, the the building on top of them. That would be wild. I so don't like, think it, it would be. It, uh, so right now. Per se, Joe, I do think it yeah. would be that Cersei would be dead, but Jamie has a chance of living. Right, right. And he'd want revenge for Daenerys causing the death of Cersei. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah, so we were talking like uh, betting odds uh, there, Fantasy Prince, Sean. Uh, so, Bran, Sansa, Jon Snow, Tyrion, Lannister, and Samuel Tarley are top five in terms of uh, betting odds to uh, be sit on that throne at the end of the series. Who do you think, of those five, who do you think has the best chance of ending up queen or king? Uh, name the five again. Bran Stark, Sansa Stark, Jon Snow, 
uh, Tyrion Lannister or Samuel Tarly? Here's what I think. What, what I think is, is if John doesn't decide to take the throne just for the sake of keeping everybody he knows and loves safe, then I really think it's going to be nobody that's going to end up taking the Iron Throne and everybody's just going to fend for themselves at this point. Wow. Okay. There you go. All right. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, tonight. Uh, looking forward to uh, watching the series finale. Good input from uh, the fantasy prince, Sean Engel. And uh, as we were coming uh, back from commercial, George, uh, you and uh, Mike yesterday were talking about, you know, the Jets and the Giants. And we spoke about uh, the interview you did with uh, Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News, which could be listened to on demand. Uh, and then just a, a quick thing before we go back to, to baseball, and then we'll do a little football later. Uh, maybe we'll take a, a look at more uh, of the AFC. Uh, we look at the uh, AFC South this week. We had looked at the AFC East and North the previous kind of uh, weeks. But uh, you know, it seems like with the Jets, <laughs> I mean, uh, the uh, the Giants, the New York Giants, had kind of gift wrapped uh, the uh, the New York football scene to them. You know, it just looked like the the Jets were the New York football franchise that was moving in the right direction. They got the nice quarterback who's developing. You know, uh, say what you will about Lev Bell, whether you believe that the year off is going to help or hurt him. You know, he got you know one of the major uh, free agent signings. You know. Uh, uh, in the off season, uh, had a nice draft, but uh, it seems like they just find a way to turn themselves into you know the laughing stock of, of of New York football again. Yeah, they did, and if uh, you know if you read uh, Manisha's article in Daily News uh, about what happened there, I mean it's like oh my god, it, it's a cluster. I mean it's mm-hmm. really a cluster. How uh, you know how Gates keeps failing up is beyond me. You know, he's never done anything that, that would say he deserves any of this. Also, mm-hmm. to be made, uh, you know, GM, coach, and all this other uh, crap. He's never done anything. Why are they handing this to him? And it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think it makes sense to most people. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is what it is. He, uh, he he did a power play there, and it's worked out. And you think about it, you know, uh, I think the thing that stands out to everybody is uh, in the draft. At the draft where he moved his chair where he was out of the picture. So that mm-hmm. when ESPN was just showing you all the NFL Network was yes, showing you, he that was the, there. Yeah, yeah, that was a shocker. Uh, and a, a great uh, depiction by Manish in, in his article. It's, it's almost like, you know, he, he just said, hey, okay, look, you know, take me out of the picture. Uh, you know, you make the, 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 the picks and look, you know, if it fails, it's on you. It's almost like it was just a very odd scenario. Well, that's exactly what he's saying. And then there's been even reports that even during the trip, when, uh, during the process, when he was asked his opinion, he wouldn't give it. Well, he gave right. very whole home. You know, he didn't want to be involved. What you, that's what he's trying to do. If it doesn't yeah. work out, not Don't my blame fault. me. It does work out. Right. does work out. Well, it's because I coached him. Yes. It's, it's, yeah. so he's, he's trying to play it to the, the no-lose situation here. Mm-hmm. You know, that's exactly what he's doing here. It's bull. You know, but it, mm-hmm. is, it is what it is at this point. Jets made their bed with this guy. All right. Chris Johnson's pretty much gave him the keys to the kingdom. Uh, for good or bad, maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. You know, right. uh, it, it, it's just it's surprising. I think that is the word I would put there. Surprising, where you would give Gase all this power. For, this is not Bill Belichick. This is not a Bill Parcells type of guy here. Where you had to right. do this. You right. know, where you, now he's got complete power. Now I imagine he's gonna, if he's going to be in on the uh, GM search. It'll be his guy, mm-hmm. you know, a guy that he wants there that uh, he can control. I mean, good luck. Good luck. 
All right, so we'll see how that plays out. Always an interesting time following the New York Jets, and I feel bad for Jet fans. But, hey, you know, i got my own problems as a Giants fan, so <laughs> we'll see what happens. It'll be an yes, interesting football season. Yeah, I do, yeah. Uh, so uh, let's get back to, to baseball. Uh, Phillies beat the Rockies 2-1. Uh, to one. And Aaron Nola, who had been having his issues, uh, finally uh, a good performance out of him. Uh, six innings pitched, 12 Ks, one run given up, one a walk. And, uh, you know, I was starting – I own him on, on a team, and I was basically, you know, up until, you know – Last night, uh, I was wondering what the heck is up with this guy. I mean, obviously, you know, you can't give up on him if you've drafted him. You drafted him high, uh, but uh, before last night's start, uh, walk rate was up uh, by more than one walk per nine. Uh, previous season had been two point four six. Before yesterday started was three point eight eight. Uh, his hard hit c- contact against uh, was up by more than eight percent. Uh, ground ball rate was down by about 5%. The line drive rate against him was up by about f- uh, 5%. His velocity has been on target. But w- what was your, your your thought? I mean, I, I mean, it's one start, uh, but uh, hopefully one of many that could uh, bring him back to, you know, one of the top pitchers in the NL. Well, fantasy owners were hoping so, right? I mean, it's been yeah. a weird year. Your top three fantasy pitchers in, I don't know, four, you want to throw Sale in here too. Think about it. Scherzer, yeah. DeGrom. Noller, Kluber, Sale mm-hmm. have all been huge disappointments. I mean, huge disappointments mm-hmm. so far this season. It's been, uh, it's like, it's like, are you kidding me? Can we get, can I get a win? Can I get anything out of these guys? I mean, it's been strange. Out of your top pitches, it's really been Verlander's obviously pitched well. Uh, Gary Cole's pitched uh, a bit solid. Even his uh, ER, his ratios are a little higher than you'd like. Uh, Snell mm-hmm. got hurt. It's been it's been a wild season as far as pitch, starting pitches. If you if you draft the starting pitches early. You're probably screwed. Yeah. Because yeah. No, these guys are not paying off right now. They're just not doing it. It's not to say they won't, but they're not paying off right now. Now, Nola, I, I didn't draft Nola anyway because I wasn't drafting somebody who's pitching in, uh, somebody in the second round who's pitching in that ballpark. I just wasn't going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I couldn't couldn't bring myself to do that. I don't like drafting Philadelphia pitchers, period, or Colorado pitcher, pitchers or Texas pitchers. You know, they uh, the guys that pitch in ballparks that are such heavy – Hitters ballparks because it, you just know there's going to be days where it just doesn't work out for me. Now, that being said, you know, I watched that Nola start yesterday. Looked good. Ball was moving a lot of curve. Gave, gave up a bunch of hits. It wasn't like he was fantastic. They just couldn't get the runs across here. But his ball mm-hmm. was moving again. You know, yeah, the curve ball was working. So you hope it's a sign of things to come. Once again, I say this all the time. May 19th, the weather is just now starting to warm up. You know, maybe now that the weather's a little warm, he's able to grip the, grip the ball better, get a better movement on his pitches, better curveball, better off-speed stuff. So uh, I'm certainly being patient here. Now, you know, where I made the analogy before, where if you're, you know, Joe Galina has Max Scherzer, you want to sell him to me 80 cents on a dollar, I'm all in. No, I'm, a, I'm not as all in, but once again, that goes back to my original, you know, uh, worries about him pitching in Philadelphia. I, mm-hmm. I think he's going to figure it out now. I, I, listen, I doubt he's going to be the pitcher he was last year, where he was, you know, all-world. And how well he pitched, but I'm confident that he gets back to being, you know, from this point forward, much closer to the value you paid for at draft time. Right, right. Hey, uh, I know you're not into, uh, you know, based on what you just said, uh, you're a little wary when it comes to drafting or adding uh, Phillies pitchers. But Cole Irvin, uh, you know, when you look at him, uh, 2.78 ERA, career minor league uh, uh, average. Seven uh, strikeouts per nine, 
two walks per nine, has had two starts so far uh, in in the majors, uh, one against the Royals, which he pitched uh, seven innings, gave up a run. Uh, the other night against Colorado, six innings, uh, three earned runs. Uh, what, what are your first impressions of Cole Irvin, and uh, what's your advice to anyone who might be thinking about maybe uh, putting in a, a bid for him this weekend? Yeah, Philadelphia has been a little bit of a uh... – um, I mean, you know, they've taken Velasquez out. He's on, like he's hurt. Pavetta was removed from the uh, the rotation. Irvin's uh, 25 years old, not truly a prospect, if that's mm-hmm. what you're looking for. But he's not one of the, you know, oh my God, he's a can't miss prospect. No, he's not that. But it's pitched well in the minor leagues. I mm-hmm. mean, last year, 2.57, 1.06 whip. Uh, this year was, uh, numbers were similar 2.25, 1.22. So he looks like he has something. Right, that maybe he has something. Sometimes we see pitchers who pitch better in major leagues than they ever do in the, in the minors. Anyway, they're just they're pitchers and they know how to pitch, but they're not sexy because he doesn't throw hard. Right, his fastball velocity—he's not—he's it's unusual. He's not throwing the ball ninety-five. He's throwing the ball high eighties, ninety. So he needs to be perfect. That's going to scare the life out of me in that ballpark because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know there are going to be days where he's not perfect. You know, right. uh, generally with these guys, there's no chance in a head-to-head league I'd go for him. Because I'm going to be worried about him blowing up my ratio that week, the, my ratios that mm-hmm. week. You know, one bad start and I'm toast. And now I've lost two categories. Uh, year-long leagues, you know, rotisserie leagues, that's a little different. And that's a little different. I can, I can more afford. I don't want a bad outing, of course, but I can afford it. He's not going to crush me. Right. But even then, I mean, he, he's talking about tonight in Fab, uh, a couple of dollars, nothing big, mm-hmm. nothing big at all. I know uh, you brought it up earlier in the show, and you're right. Uh, everybody that's being called up are all the. Uh, all the hitters, not Positional. really much the pitching mm-hmm. the department, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not getting much there. There's not a lot on the waiver wire, especially if you didn't get uh, Corbin, uh, the, who the Astros called uh, Corbin Martin. Uh, I get that, you know, but I'm not nowhere near close banking on this guy that he's going to be mm-hmm. that guy. I don't think so, and I think it's just a matter of time. What happens when Velasquez comes back? If Pavetta figures it out, he's the first one gone. Right, right. I agree with you there. Uh, so on the Rocky side uh, of uh, this uh, equation, uh, we already spoke about Brendan Rodgers. Uh, you know, we questioned whether or not he was going to get enough at-bats. One for eight, batting uh, 125 on the season. But uh, it's odd to see Daniel Murphy slumping so badly. Not used to seeing him with a batting average on the 200s, George. He's batting 182 with a 257 OBP and a 348 uh, slugging. Uh, and at the same time, Ian Desmond, uh, f- since uh, April 28th, uh, he seems to be coming on a little bit. You know, 289 batting average, four home runs. Uh, the thing is with Desmond, and he's been so streaky too, we've spoken about him on this show, but no stolen bases at all. And that's one of the things that you want Desmond for is, you know, the, the potential of maybe a 2020 uh, year. You know, 20 homers, 20 stolen bases. But Daniel Murphy slumping, Ian Desmond kind of, you know, coming out of it but uh, your thoughts on them i mean with murphy it really is a small sample size because he was hurt and maybe he's not mm-hmm. fully healthy you know right. you know, that's still affecting him you can't grip the bat the way you want to grip it it might take some time here but it's a mm-hmm. it's a smaller sample size than everybody else because he missed so much time for him this is really still probably what april so it may mm-hmm. take him some time to figure it out listen it was a bad signing by colorado i don't i don't know anybody who heralded that so loved that sign it was really it was really dumb. It's really what it was. I don't know what the Rockies mm-hmm. were thinking. Truly don't. You know, but it, it, once again, it is what it is. They have to live with it. Fantasy owners, you have to live with it. Uh, what are you going to do? 
I'm probably benching him now. I, I haven't checked out uh, Colorado's schedule next week. Are they playing all home games? Well, then I reverse this and I'm playing them. You know, but other mm-hmm. than that, you know, I don't know what you're going to do with, with them. You know, you're probably, probably playing him at second base, not first base for your fantasy team. You know, so that helps you out a little bit, but he's not doing anything. He's not hitting for power, not hitting for average. You know, he's not going to run. How's he mm-hmm. helping your team right now? If he was a normal player, Joe, in a normal stadium, he'd be a guy for me that has to sit until he proves me he's, uh, you know, he's done something. And then I'll plug mm-hmm. him in. You know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to sit players. I'm not, you know, because uh, I, I want them to stop hurting me once they show they can hit. You know, even in weekly leagues, um, it sucks if they start hitting on a Monday and you eat it that week. Yeah, you know, I, I, have, know. Guerrero, yeah. I have Guerrero mm-hmm. in a league, and I, I benched him this week, and I lost my three, the three home runs he hit. I have nothing I can do. But I was, I was getting tired of him killing me, mm-hmm. so he had to sit. The same thing with Murphy here. If uh, something I have another second baseman on my roster or a middle infielder, whatever it might be, DH, uh, he sits until he hits. Mm-hmm. The only, uh, only way that changes, as I said. If they are playing at home all week, all right, then he gets another week. I'm not going to set him all. He's playing six, seven games in Colorado. Right, right. Agreed. Uh, and uh, Desmond with no stolen bases, I mean, like I said, that's one of the biggest things that you take a chance on because you're taking a chance on him, you know, middle middle rounds. But, uh, you know, and you, you make the pick, at least I do, and I hold my nose. <laughs> Well, with Desmond, it's a little different because he's, a, he's an outfield, and we start five. That's so many out there. So he gets a little bit more wiggle room because you probably don't have great depth to be able to bench him. Uh, but the problem is, the good news is, you said, he's coming out of it a little bit, hitting a little bit better. The bad news is he's not playing every day either. And they, once again, mm. a, lot of, uh, a lot of cooks in the kitchen there. They can rest him a game or two a week, and that can be frustrating as well. Yeah, yeah. All right, when we come back, we'll talk a little uh, Marlins-Mets. Mets uh, could be making a managerial change within the next uh, week or so. We'll see. We'll be right back with more on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to our house. A little madness going on. Madness, the 80s pop group that recorded our house. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. On our street. There you go. Where else would your house be, by the way? Uh, Some people have have a house uh, on the water. I guess a boathouse, right? I I don't know. A tree Ruined house? for me. Fine. <laughs> I never had a tree house. Me neither. No, I always wanted one. But yeah, uh, never had a tree house. yeah, my father never built me a tree house. I don't think I had trees in my uh, when I grew up. <laughs> I got a pine. You can't build. We can't build it in a pine tree. That's not. No, happen. no, I don't think so. No, it have to be something no, you, more you sturdy. Nice, yeah. nice oak, right? Nice, a nice oak tree. Right. 
It's really what yeah. you need. And I didn't, I didn't have that on the property. I had some other kind of weird tree that I don't even know what the hell it was. But mm. uh, it was, certainly wasn't stable enough for a treehouse. So, uh, yes, I uh, didn't have a treehouse growing up, and I feel bad about it. Boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. I feel yeah, bad boo-hoo. <laughs> you hear about this crazy story with uh, A-Rod's lawyers suing this photographer who uh, took a picture of him uh, uh, while he was uh, taking care of business in the bathroom? I think from like a building across the way. Did you hear about that? You know, I think the photographer should be sued. I mean, really, I'm not an A Rod guy. I, I think A Rod's yeah. an ass. But still, complete ass. Yeah, yeah. But, that, yeah, but that's I'm not ridiculous. A big A Rod I mean, fan either. Come on. Yeah. I mean, to take pictures of the guy while he's, uh, you know, to, like you said, taking care. Of, that's just a joke. The bathroom <laughs> yeah. should be private. All right, come on. I mean, uh, that, uh, that I don't blame A Rod for being uh, pissed about that. I think that's just silly. I said, I I can't stand the man. You know, he's the kind of guy mm-hmm. on ESPN. I don't, I don't listen to the broadcast when he's talking about it. I can't stand it for what, what he did. Most players, that just drive me crazy. No, I didn't do it, didn't do it, didn't, didn't do it. Oh, you get caught. Oh, yeah, I did it. I can't stand right. that. And his mayor culpa, if he tried to – he tried to blame everybody but himself. I can't stand Ryan Braun for the same reason. You know, I, I just – it bothers me, you know, when, when these athletes do this. They blame everybody else but themselves until the evidence is so high against them. All right, fine, I did it. Yeah, it's just uh, oh, but it's I mean, even worse. What Ryan Braun and you me. had mentioned that that uh, uh, there was uh, I think a delivery guy that he, he kind of ruined his career or something. Yeah, like that. FedEx guy got fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he yeah. got fired. I hope that FedEx guy sued uh, sued Braun. I truly do. Mm-hmm. And we didn't. Uh, we didn't, I never really heard about it. He still would have a lawsuit there. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. I hope he did. I hope he got a settlement there. That's a com- complete joke. That's why all, all these. It's amazing with the athletes. We all hate them, right? Unless they play for you. Then you like him. Right. That's all. Right, it's right. okay. You know, he, it's just a mistake he did. It's all right. Oh, but the other guy, oh, we can't stand him. He's an ass. He did it on purpose. It's all, it's all bull crap. You know, I still can't draft Brondo. And even when it comes to DFS, if he's a good player, you know, I, I kind of try to find another way. <laughs> I just get. Uh, know, see, I'm not like. And that. I know you should. Money's money. I know you shouldn't. I know. I know you shouldn't let emotions get in the way, but uh, just I find it very hard. You know, to, no, to I can still draft them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have an issue drafting these guys. I, yeah. I said money's money. They're paying my bills. Mm-hmm. I'll draft the guy. Right, right, all right. Uh, so the Marlins uh, beat the Mets two to nothing yesterday, uh, giving the Mets a fourth loss in a row. Uh, Mets, Mets are in trouble. I mean, we, we had talked about you know in the preseason this uh, NL East as being a a, a tough division. Uh, but uh, yeah, these these teams are making it a little easier on the Phillies, you know. I mean, uh, Mets have an issue where uh, lots of people call for uh, the manager Mickey Callaway's head. Uh, supposedly he's okay uh, at least through the duration of this road trip. But uh, when you look at what's been going on, I mean, uh, that vaunted pitching staff that we keep on waiting for them to just you know get it together for an entire season, and talent wise could take them to a championship. I mean, look at you know, Noah Syndergaard, Zach Wheeler. Uh, they've both been inconsistent, but both top-notch pitchers, right? Uh, we thought we had figured out Syndergaard's issue was the, the, the man bum uh, a couple weeks ago. But uh, DeGrom uh, pitched poorly the other night against the Marlins. Uh, six earned runs and five innings pitched against, you know, basically one of the, if not the worst team in, in baseball, three starts where he's given up five or more runs this season. ERA just under four, 3.98. I mean, I, I was looking at Dan Morthen, the Mets pitching coach. Has he been around on that team since 2008? Uh, you know, we talk about Mickey Callaway. Maybe, you know, maybe Worthen needs to be taken to task. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, as far as <laughs> Callaway, my, my guess is if 
if they lose today and get swept by the Marlins, uh, Biggie mm-hmm. Callaway is done. Yeah, I, I think he'll be done. I don't think I don't think he'll survive. I would be mm-hmm. shocked if he did actually. Right? You, you lose the, if you get swept by the Marlins. Oh my goodness! Not, yes. you know, that that's that's gonna that's not gonna play well at all in New York. He's mm-hmm. he's probably uh, in some ways very lucky that they've lost the first two games and it's been on the weekend, not the weekdays where really the media be going bananas here. But if they get swept, the papers tomorrow morning are gonna you know they're gonna crush them, absolutely crush them. Yeah, I, and listen, I'm not saying it's Callaway's fault. I'm not. You know, Lord knows I think most of the problems with the Mets is the, the will puns on down. You, know, you start from them and you keep going. Uh, they have issues all over the place. The Mets are a strange team. You know, uh, you, you already said it. We thought the, their pitching would carry this team, right? That was going to mm-hmm. be uh, that good. It'd be all about the pitching right. and they'll hit just uh, they'll hit enough to, uh, uh, to compete. Well, it's been the opposite. The hitting, for the most part, has been very good. Not of late, but for the most part, it's been very good. The pitching's been inconsistent at best. DeGrom, mm-hmm. inconsistent. Thor, inconsistent. Wheeler, inconsistent. Matz has probably been your best pitcher overall, but then he got hurt with the elbow. I know, shocking that Matz got hurt. He yeah, got hurt with yeah. the elbow irritation. They refuse to admit they don't have a fifth starter here. You know, they don't want to go out and get somebody. They didn't want to send Gio Gonzalez, who's now pitching great for Milwaukee. Yeah, so the Mets doing, They huh? made mistake after mistake after mistake, and they keep they keep compounding it. You know, the mm-hmm. only thing they think of all the moves they made during the offseason— to get extra upon extra at extra at the same position. I mean, how many right. third basemen and second basemen do you want? <laughs> you got Todd Frazier, once again, he needs to be released. He's done. You got Frazier. You got Lowry. Whenever, if he decides to play anytime soon, which doesn't look like it, right now he's got a mm-hmm. new injury, uh, a hamstring. Maybe you'll see him by the whole star break at this point. You know, Davis. Alonzo's been great, but you have, now you have no place with Dominic Smith. You, you, this guy can play, and you've crushed him. Trade the, trade the man. Let him play some. Get some value for him. You're never going to be able to use him. Right, Lonzo's right. obviously your first baseman of the future. Smith can't play the outfield. He's not that body type. Never. He'll be a, such a, a liability out there. It's not going to work. You don't have a DH in the National League. You need to move the man. Yeah, it's just it, the Mets. They're they're just a strange organization. No matter what they do, it's strange. The Wilpons, once again, they're owners who don't know what they're doing, who think they do, and they make mistake. Get the mistake. Get the mistake. It's just yeah, that no, I agree with you. Yeah. It is an issue. The ownership is an issue. But then when you look at, you know, some, sometimes you look at some of the stuff that goes on too, uh, you know, uh, lack of uh, discipline, lack of hustle. I mean, but this is like Little League stuff, right? Robinson Cano not running out of double play, you know, had to apologize for it in the media. Then he explains that, you know, that the scoreboard, it said that there were two outs. You know, on the board, but I mean, look, you got to keep your head in the game. You got to know what's going on. I mean, I know you look at the scoreboard, but I mean, uh, and you had kind of brought up but just uh, Cano's failings within the, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but uh, Cano really, uh, you know, when you look at, you know, what he's been doing, uh, strikeout rate's been up uh, 20, a little over 20% for, for his career, uh, 12.5. Uh, can't hit the change this season. A 288 career hitter against the changeup this season, 179. Uh, batting 147 against the, the slider for his career, 265. So there's definitely been a regression. Now, I don't know if it's a regression that he could come back from, or are we just looking at, you know, uh, you know that him just kind of, you know, fading a little bit just with with age and, and the Mets. Uh, I think I, th- I thought I heard that they they uh, have five years left on his contract. Is that possible? <laughs> yeah, not the best trade. I mean, you trade your top prospect there, Kalanick for him, and Kalanick looks like he's going to be a player. That's going to end up being a huge mistake, all because you want the Edwin Diaz. And once again, this is what happens when you hire an agent. And that agent also wants his client to come with them. All right. Uh, 
mean, it was, it was just a horror. This, this is a deal that's going to haunt the Mets for a long time uh, well, when it comes to this guy and what he can do. But, hey, once again, it's done. Nothing you can do about it now. you got to live with it. Now, as far as Cano is concerned, keep in mind, you're a Yankee fan. We know mm-hmm. Cano. He generally did get off the slow starts. So I think he mm-hmm. will get yeah. better. But as you okay. mentioned, he's yep. not hitting the off-speed stuff. What mm-hmm. that generally means is that as you get up in age, you're cheating on the fastball. That's mm-hmm. why you're not hitting the off-speed stuff. Because you're, you're already starting, assuming the fastball's coming. Especially nowadays where everyone's throwing 95 to 98, you're cheating. Yep. And then when the off-speed stuff comes, you're so out in front, it's just not going to happen. So that's mm-hmm. a problem. Uh, I do think Cano will get better. I don't think he'll ever be the Cano that you know he was with the Yankees. I don't think that's ever going to happen again. But I think he'll get better. I think as the weather warms up, so will he. His past says that. That's what will happen there. But this is a, right. a huge, you know, this is a misstep by the Mets in this trade. It was when they made it. I think most of us knew that. And uh, not that anything wrong with Diaz. Sure, you're getting a top flight closer. But closers are easier to find than top prospects, which you just traded away. Your guy's going to, looks like he's going to be very good there. And you're eating the salary of Cano? I mean, mm-hmm. you're eating the salary? I mean, good luck. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's take a look at the Marlins real quick. Uh, we talked about Zach Galen, uh, you know, eventually uh, being a call-up, but uh, you brought up a good point. Uh, Marlins probably in no rush at this at this stage, but uh, uh, Pablo Go- uh, Lopez uh, against the Mets yesterday. Seven innings pitch, zero earned runs, seven Ks, two walks. I mean, lots of people love this guy. Uh, I mean, if you look at his minor league stats, George, 2.93 uh, ERA for his career, 1.048 whip. Uh, nice bounce back, uh, and his last start prior to yesterday had given up uh, ter- 10 earned runs and three home runs. Uh, FIP, ex-FIP, Sierra all have him at about a, a 3.8 uh, ERA. Mid-90s fastball kind of guy. Uh, any interest in uh, Pablo Lopez or just too inconsistent for you or maybe a guy that, uh, look, the, you know, you're not going to get many wins you know, as a starting pitcher for the Marlins, but maybe a, a matchup play? No. I mean that that's silly. No. Uh, he's not that. He's not. Caleb Smith is the only guy you could think of on uh, on Miami. There's no one else here worth talking about. And mm-hmm. this is a, this is a very bad team. This is why Callaway is in so much trouble because you're losing to a pathetic <laughs> team. Right. You realize the Marlins have uh, 12 wins now in the season. That's it. 12 mm-hmm. and two of them came the last two days. Right. They're they're a pathetic team. It's not a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nobody here you want. Uh, Caleb Smith is somebody I will I would think about. I would certainly think about yes. Caleb Smith. For me, that's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's nobody else here. There's nobody else here you're, you're even remotely thinking about rostering. All right. Silly. White Sox 4, Blue Jays 1, rain short in 5-inning game. Uh, Lucas Giolito, uh, now 5-1, and one, gave up a run uh, and two walks in and uh, four strikeouts. Three straight wins for Lucas Giolito. Former top prospect for the Nats. Finally coming into his own, George, fourth straight game with at least five innings pitched and uh, three or less runs given up. Uh, has a 3.55 ERA on the year. Uh, you look at him, uh, velocity up almost uh, two ticks, uh, relying on his change up a little bit more this season. So making some uh, tweaks to his uh, uh, arsenal there. What do you what do you think of Lucas Giolito long term? Yeah, it looks like he's he may have figured it out. He may mm-hmm. have finally figured it out. This once was a top prospect in the Washington organization. Got traded to uh, the White Sox in the Adam Eaton deal. Uh, then they kept jiggering around with his rotation, with his uh, his mechanics. 
You know, mm-hmm, they kept mm-hmm. digging around with it and seeing the set him back. I understand the original mechanics. You're worried about an injury. We see this all the time. You don't like the original mechanics because you think it's going to lead to a shoulder or an elbow injury. You change it, not the same pitcher. All right, now mm-hmm. they pretty much let him go back, and he's pitching well again. Fastball velocity is up. It's got movement. He's pitching well. Now, granted, he's in a small ballpark, and when the, ball, when the weather heats up in Chicago, the ball's going to fly out of there. So uh, he's still going to have some issues here. But, yeah, I'm on board. I am on board. Mm-hmm. I was upset that in my home league someone grabbed him before I could last week. I wanted him. Uh, I, I do have him in another league. I think he's uh, I think he's going to be a fantasy asset. I'm not saying an ace, anything like that. Mm-hmm. He's an SP4 probably, somewhere around there. But he's gonna mm-hmm. be, I think he's going to be better than the guys, other guys you have on your roster, over low-end guys you have on your roster. I'm a, I'm a buyer in Giolito. There you go. There you go. And uh, you had mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago uh, Vlad Guerrero. That uh, you, you had sat him because he wasn't performing. But uh, little by little, he seems to be coming on now. I mean, and, and first of all, just a, a side thing here, uh, MLB Network, every time I turn them on and they talk about Vlad Guerrero Jr., they always compare what Vlad Guerrero Sr. was doing at the same exact time in his career. Please stop doing that. It's just, it's, it gets annoying after a while. But uh, uh, Guerrero Jr. batting 348 with three home runs in his last seven games, George. Starting to get a little bit more eleva- elevation in that swing. Uh, when I looked at his numbers last week, he had uh, a 70% ground ball rate. This week, uh, his overall numbers, uh, his uh, ground ball rate is down 55%. So, obviously, everybody wanted to get that elevation uh, shows uh, with the three home runs in the past seven games. So, it looks like he's finally started to figure it out. I mean, we knew he was going to hit, George, no? Of course he was. It just takes certain, you know, some players a little longer than other players. I mean, he was pretty much hailed that he was going to be the savior of Toronto, Canada, Cure World, Hunger, and everything else. This guy was going to be, you know, the Messiah. You know, mm-hmm. so it was a little, a lot of pressure on, on this kid. And uh, you're right about everybody comparing him to his dad, by the way. Let's, let's move on from this. He's not his dad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Let's see what he becomes here. Dad was a whole, you know, is a Hall yeah. of Famer. Uh, so uh, I agree. Let's, uh, I don't need to hear the comparisons. I don't care. What they did at the same mm-hmm. age, I really don't. Uh, so, you know, it is what I think he'll be fine from this point forward. I think uh, I still think he's going to hit 20 plus home runs the rest of the year. I think he's going to do that pretty easily. The average may come mm-hmm. up and down, a little fluctuate there. I think by the end, you're just hoping. I think it'll, I don't think it's going to help you, but you're hoping he doesn't crush you. You know, that's what mm-hmm. I think I'm hoping for with Vladimir Grail. Somewhere about 260, 270, and I'll, I'll be a happy camper. Right. Hey, we were just talking Mets Marlins. Uh, have a little less than two minutes. Uh, Syndergaard going against the Marlins. Somebody that you would look to uh, in a DFS uh, lineup. I mean, uh, you think that he's going to be the one to pump the brakes on uh, this uh, two-game slide against the Marlins and their overall four-game losing streak? You have any faith in uh, Syndergaard? <laughs> For Callaway's sake, he better be. He yeah. better be. I mean, because like I, I don't think Callaway survives. If they lose today. I do, I'm not sure he survives yeah. anyway. You know, but I'm not. I don't think he survives if they lose today at all. I think there's no chance in hell. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> listen, I ate it yesterday with Matts. I knew I knew Matts was a gamble yesterday, but in the day slate, I didn't like uh, a lot of other pitchers, and I was worried that Matts uh, wouldn't go long coming off an injury. I, in most circumstances, I would not have saw, mm-hmm. started him. Because of what happened. But then again, I, uh, I like the Marlins guy, too. We, it's funny. We mentioned Lopez on the uh, Cam and I that we might start him. Because, once again, the, the slate, as far as pitches, wasn't good. You could, If you want to start, I think it was 6,600. It would allow you to put mm-hmm. quite a few other bats in your lineup there. So, right, uh, right. Went, went, went one for one call. there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was, but Matt's didn't work out. So uh, it went back. Yeah. And Boyd didn't. Uh, we didn't start Boyd anyway because he was too expensive. Uh, as a Thor, 
Do I want to go back to the well? Yeah, I do. I, I just can't see the Mets uh, getting swept here. I, unless, unless they've given up. This is why This is why I think he's going to get fired, by the way, because if, if they get swept, they've given up. Right, right. Mets keep on pulling you back against the Marlins. We'll see what happens. Listen to Fantasy Sports today on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back with more baseball. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Joe Galena, George Kurtz, the Fantasy Prince. Sean Engel directing our show, keeping us flying straight. A uh, little rush action here, uh, bringing us in with little subdivisions. George, are you going to be talking about uh, the, the Preakness uh, and all on uh, Weekend Fantasy Update coming up uh, at 11? Well, I'm sure Cam will. Cam's a big horse yeah. racing guy. I know he had bets going on uh, that game uh, on, on the race yesterday. I'm not a big uh, – I, mean, I grew up in Elmont, which is where mm-hmm. uh, Belmont Racetrack is. But I I think I've been to that racetrack two or three times in my life. And I'm not a big mm-hmm. I'm not a big horse racing guy at all. You know, if, if it's a joke for me, it's baseball, football, hockey. That's what I like. That's what right, I enjoy. Right, right. hmm Yeah, I hear you. Uh, there is an interesting story. I'm sure that Cam is going to be bringing it up where uh, Gary West – uh, is offering up $20 million uh, for the uh, to the owners of uh, the Country House, War of Will, Long Range Toddy, and Boat Express. If any of those horses finish ahead of maximum security, the next time any of them race against him, and that runs through December 31st, 2019. So that's a little interesting story. I'm sure that uh, Cam will pick up on that, but uh, uh, fun stuff, I guess. Why couldn't they just set up their own race then? Like a pay per view, right? Put up, right. If he's going to put up the money. Yeah. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah, yeah. yeah you it do would. it when yeah. uh, I, I guess after the Belmont. Why not? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know how the racing circuit works, by the way. But there's got to be a dead time where these guys could uh, uh, prepare for it. If you only invite ten horses, though, the when he gets twenty million or whatever it is, you know, pay first, second, right. third, whatever. I'm sure these guys would somewhat be interested, wouldn't you? I would be. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. So, yeah, interesting stuff. I'm sure you and Cam will uh, touch upon that. Uh, Weekend Fantasy update coming up uh, right after our show at 11 a.m. So let's uh, continue uh, breaking down what happened uh, yesterday in uh, baseball and how it affects uh, your uh, upcoming uh, weeks in your fantasy baseball season. Uh, we're talking uh, Cardinals beat the uh, Rangers 8-2. to A uh, little concerning news about uh, Rangers reliever Sean Kelly had two lumps surgically removed from his throat this week, having a biopsy done. So uh, at one point he had been given the uh, closer role, uh, the Rangers, so we, we wish him well. 
uh, at this stage, who's getting the, the majority of uh, uh, safe chances in uh, Texas right now there, George? Well, you know, it's interesting. I thought when Kelly went out, they would, they would go back to Leclerc. Who had pitched okay mm-hmm. in a couple of uh, – it wasn't a lot. I mean, that may have been the thing there. It just wasn't enough appearances. But he had pitched okay in those right. appearances for Texas. Leclerc was the guy, if you, uh, people remember, signed the uh, – the. I don't want to say the big offseason contract, but it was somewhat surprising. It was $14.5 million over four years that the Raiders would do this. And he was going to be their closer. Then he didn't pitch very well. All right, didn't pitch poorly. And all of a sudden, you know, he got removed. And then Chris Martin took over. We know Martin's not long-term, a stopgap measure right. there. Uh, but uh, when Sean Kelly got – Sean Kelly took over, I'm sorry. Uh, when Kelly got hurt, they went to Martin rather than go back to LeClerc. So we were all surprised there that they wouldn't go back to LeClerc because LeClerc had pitched okay in a couple of appearances right now. Uh, his last, what, five appearances, only one run. And that came against Houston. You know, once again, good team. Uh, so I thought they'd give it, go back to him. Now we – but not yet. You know, Martin's still the closer now. Leclerc was actually the opener in his last appearance. Uh, he actually mm. opened when he pitched the first. You know, the first the opener he pitched the first inning. Uh, the new phenomenon's going on, and that was Friday night. Uh, so he pitched uh, one inning, two strikeouts. What's going to clean inning? So I think he's going to get the job back. I just don't know mm. when. Right. Know, it could be a week, couple of weeks. It may be until uh, Martin fails, whatever it might be. Yeah, but I think he will get the job back eventually. Once again. It's only been six weeks into the season. I don't think they've. I don't think they're going to remove him permanently from the closer position. Gotcha. So, what do you think about this? Uh, it seems to be gaining traction as the season's going on. The, this this opener role. Uh, I guess it, it allows uh, what save save a couple innings off of a uh, uh, pitcher's starting pitcher's arm. You know, you to take advantage where a starting pitcher might not have to go through the rotation more than twice. Where you know the third time around, a hitter seems to have uh, you know better luck against uh, starting pitchers. Yeah, but it seems to be uh, gaining a little bit more traction. Tampa Bay well, copycats. What it is is this: you can have. One of your best relievers go up in the first inning against the uh, theoretically the other team's best hitters. Yes, that's the way it's working. You know, if you had five star- five good starters, this wouldn't be a problem. You don't have five good starters, so by doing that, you uh, theoretically you eliminate the first inning and you eliminate mm-hmm. one of those at bats or those best hitters. You know, the one, two, three guys. You know, it, it makes sense when you think about it that way. And then you let your starter take over for the second inning on. You know, I I do like it if you don't have. If, if you don't have good starters, it does make sense. The Yankees Five might go do that starters. today. Mm-hmm. And yes. The Yankees might have to do that today. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Actually, I think they would have started Luis Sessa, but Sessa ended up pitching last night and did not pitch well. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, gave, gave the game-winning home run there. So I think that's what but, my teams are doing. It, it does make sense when you look at it that way. You know, you, this way you eliminate the other guy, the team's best hitters, are one at bat, and you let your starter go from there, get you to the six-plus six innings, and then you uh, bring in the rest of your bullpen. I, I understand the theory behind it. it uh, it's only if you don't have the starters. If you have good starters, you're not worried about this. But right, right. as you and I have talked you know, all season long, most teams don't have five starters. So I do think this mm-hmm. is going to become more and more prevalent. Like I said, the Yankees did do it once last year. I think it was September 24th against the Rays, and they won, and I expect them to do it today. I think it might be mm-hmm. – uh, I think maybe Sessa gets a little bit longer. He might – I wouldn't shock me, even though he lost the game yesterday in the last thing. wouldn't shock me if he still starts today and goes an inning or so, uh, two innings maybe, and then they'll, it'll be a bullpen day from there. But uh, I think that you're going to see more and more teams using this because they don't, there's just, there aren't enough starters to go around. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good take on it, definitely. Uh, so uh, Cardinals, like I mentioned, beat the Rangers 8-2. to two. Willie Calhoun, uh, one for four, now batting 450. Somebody that uh, is going to be actively seeked out on waiver wires this weekend. Uh, for the Cardinals, two hits for Matt Carpenter. You mentioned that, uh, you know, he... Probably will end up heating up a bit. Uh, two hits, uh, including a home run for Maul, uh, Maul. Paul DeYoung. Uh, that's his eighth home run, four RBIs on the day. Uh, Cardinals activated Carlos Martinez from the IL yesterday. Uh, he ended up pitching the ninth inning. Remember, he missed uh, the first two months of the season. And uh, from what I understand, the, he's uh, going to have a, uh, a middle relief role. And the uh, Cardinals looking to ease him into that. You know, Joe, I wonder if uh, that's his role for the, uh, you know, for his career. I don't know if he can be a starter right. again. I, I he mm-hmm. he seems to be one of these guys whose body just can't take it. He he, mm-hmm. he just can't take being a starter. Yeah, and now they have Hicks, who seems to be an ace reliever or an ace closer. You don't need him in that role. So I wonder if Carlos Martinez is going to have to be in the uh, sort of Adela Matantis, Josh Hader role. A guy can go five, mm. seven outs when you need him. Right, you know, right, maybe twice right. a week, three times a week at most, something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, granted. I don't know if warming up over and over again, if that's good for a shoulder either. You know, if that's good for that's that body either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always a, a game here. You know, but you would think pitching, you know, maybe 80 to 90 innings every year other than 200, that would sort of help him there. So uh, I think that's going to be his future role. I, fantasy-wise, I don't know what to tell you. You know, he's not going to be the closer, not going to be a starter. He really holds very little value. Droppable, no, at this stage? Yes, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was dropping yeah, before mean, that. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. I, I said I don't. I just don't see the value for you. I don't see it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think you can move on. Right. Uh, and Cardinals really needed that win. Uh, lost eleven of their last fourteen heading into yesterday's game. Uh, they've had their issues. I mean, uh, Jack Flaherty uh, really hasn't been pitching. Uh, he's been pitching a little bit better lately, but uh, not what uh, many had expected. Uh, Miles Mikolas had that great year last year. Looked like he had figured things out uh, recently, but uh, gave up seven runs and just over an inning pitch to the Rangers Friday night. We talked about uh, first baseman. Paul Goldschmidt batting 224 with uh, just one home run in his last 20 games. He's been slumping a bit, George. Had gotten off to that good start uh, for the Cardinals. I mean, you're right. The pitching staff hasn't been quite as good as we expected. I mean, Miklas got lit up in Texas the other day. That was terrible. Uh, Flaherty's mm-hmm. been, I, I, once again, I think inconsistent is the word there. Uh, Goldschmidt, same thing. Up, down, up, down, up, down. You know, we, uh, we expected more from these guys. But once again, I don't panic about uh, maybe Miklos a little bit because, once again, he's only mm-hmm. did it one year. Even Flaherty, right. okay, same thing. Goldsmith, you know, I do worry about guys, Joe, who uh, get traded, you know, because they got to mm-hmm. adjust, you know, going from one town to another, the families and all this other crap that comes along with it. You know, these guys are human. They can act like they're not, but they are. And they got other, uh, other stuff going on in their lives they got to figure out. But, you know, you look at Goldsmith, all right. The average isn't 300. It's 258. Annoying, but not a killer. 10 home runs, 24 RBIs. You're really not complaining about that. I think the average mm-hmm. will come up. I don't know if he's going to bat 290, 300, but 275, and I can live with that. You know, I can live with that. Uh, I'd probably like to see a few stolen bases. He's got none. I mean, yeah, uh, I think yeah. I was probably. I think I was we kind of figured on that. 12. Did you? I mean, I, I thought that the, the, basically his days as, as that kind of guy were done. Uh, well, he's but, never going to steal 20-plus yeah. anymore. We had seven last right. year. I mean, a couple more, you get double right. digits. I think we expect him to run somewhat, but now mm-hmm. he's not running at all. 
So right, uh, right. once again, it could be uh, where he doesn't feel comfortable, doesn't want to get thrown out, you know, with his new team and go across and out, that sort of thing. Not all that, so, all that surprise there, but I, I still, I would like to see him, you know, just run a little bit there, buddy. But it's, right, it's probably right. more the, uh, give me, give you know, a couple. Again, he, yeah. he wasn't going to win you that category anyway. It's not like it's a huge thing. Right. Uh, you know, so I think listen, you're okay there. Bottom line is you're all right. Uh, as for Flaherty, you know, uh, it's weird. You know, because uh, he's, he's a tough guy to judge. Only really been in the maids for three years. This is third year. First year wasn't very mm-hmm. good. You know, and a couple and a handful of starts last year was very good. So which guy is he now? I don't. Know. Is he somewhere in between? Maybe he's not the pitcher we thought he was. Maybe we overvalued him right. one year. He pretty much is a one-year mm-hmm. wonder again, which is why I worry about these guys. You know, the right. velocity is actually up higher than last year, so he's throwing harder. But maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe the ball straightening out. You know that that sort of thing. So I do worry about these things a little bit. Uh, Meekless, sort of the same thing. You know, I, I think they will rebound as the weather gets warmer. I think this is a good team. I think they're good players. But I don't think they're, as far as Larry and Mikolas, I mean, they're not aces. They're not SP1s. They're in the SP2, SP3 mm-hmm. category. Right. How are you doing in pitching this year? I am doing terrible. And and you talked about it earlier in the show where, let's say, you know, the top five guys that we, uh, you know, were drafting, you know, are having subpar years so far. Uh, but then when we talk about, you know, guys like Flaherty and, you know, might have expected too much out of him. You know, even Shane Bieber, you know, you would draft probably a little after, a few rounds after Flaherty, but, you know, he's had his issues. I mean, how the heck is you know, how have you been handling uh, pitching? I know it's a, it's a, a wide question, but I've had issues with my pitching staff. Offense has been fine in, in, in all my leagues, you know, but, uh, you know, pitching has been an issue. Well, we I went over it before. Think about it. You know, when you look at your top pitches, Scherzer, two wins. Uh, his numbers are up across the board. Not good. DeGrom, we know he's been wildly inconsistent. Sale is looks like he's just starting to figure it out now. Yeah. You know, yeah. He looks back to being the Chris Sale of old. Nola, other than the start yesterday, hasn't been very good. Verlander's been great. Cole's been mm-hmm. solid. His numbers are up a little bit. His ratios are up a little bit. Blake Snell got hurt. Kluber's hurt now. Uh, Syndergaard was probably uh, valued too high, but he's been inconsistent. Carrasco, also inconsistent. You know, one game Trevor against Bomb, it's 10 strikeouts. Trevor Bowers yeah. had issue. I'm going to go up and down the list here, of a, a yeah. rankings list here. Right, Walker Bueller uh, has had his issues. Up, down, up, down. Yeah. Flattery we just talked about. Zach, Zach Greinke's been pretty solid. Italian's hurt. Strasburg, we know, is going to get hurt. It's a matter of time. Corbett's mm-hmm. been good. Paxton's hurt. Clevenger hurt. Bumgarner's on San Fran when they suck. Price hurt. Berrios has been solid, but not as probably not as good as we expect. I went to the 20s now. They keep going on yeah. and on here. You know, uh, Miles Miklos just talked about. Zach Wheeler, inconsistent. Shane Bieber, solid. Tanaka's been fairly good. You know, Marquez is up. And that's Colorado. What do you expect? And Castillo's been good. Uh, it's been a problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. If you spent if you spent three of your first top, uh, top five picks on uh, starting pitchers, you're probably in a lot of trouble. Yeah, that means yeah. You, have, you probably have three of these top 15 guys, and they aren't paying off for you right now at all. Unless you have to get Granky, right. Corbin, guys like that, Strasburg. Mm-hmm. But if you banked on, you know, Scherzer in the second round, maybe you took Blake Snell or Corey Kluber, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, uh, and uh, the Indians beat the Orioles 4-1. to one. Adam Plutko uh, came uh, in, six innings pitch, an earned run, four Ks, two walks. But we talked about Trevor Bauer. Last four starts. Uh, 30 Ks and 24 innings pitched, which is good. Uh, 12 walks, 
which is so-so and a 6.75 ERA. Big difference I, I see with him. This season, he's already given up eight home runs. Last season, all of last season, nine home runs. So, uh, you know, you know the the, uh, the control isn't there, and he's given up more home runs. And he's a guy that uh, some predicted would be would contend for the Cy Young this year. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me at all that he can uh, if he went for the Cy Young this year. I think yeah, he is yeah. a good pitcher. I think he mm-hmm. overthinks himself sometimes. And I think that hurts him. But mm-hmm. once again, I am not. I'm not giving away. I'm not releasing. I'm not dropping him. He'll be okay. Of course not. Yeah. But I, I yeah. think he just needs the pitch. I think the home runs for a lot of pitches are up across the board, the old launch angle thing and all that. So I'm not all mm-hmm. that concerned, but he hasn't been quite as good as I expected. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Uh, and uh, another guy, uh, since we were talking about all these uh, waiver wire ads, uh, um, you know, Oscar Mercado uh, batting ninth uh, yesterday, uh, batting uh, 167 off to a slow start. Uh, but uh, Jordan Luplow hit his fifth home run for the uh, Indians. Uh, yes, I noticed in this guy uh, in his last 11 games, 270, five home runs, eight RBI. Some power and speed in the minors, uh, 279, 371, 468 minor league numbers. Any interest in Luplow? I mean, you know, we talk about you know start having to start five uh, outfielders in, in some leagues. Well, you say you know, any outfielder really that's breathing, you have to have interest mm-hmm. in he's playing. Because when you mm-hmm. start five, it's once again, it's simple math. All right? We are in a 12-team league. You're starting five outfielders. That's 60. That's 60 mm-hmm. of 90 in baseball. It's two-thirds. you got to figure in our D8 spot, utility spot, another five outfielders at least are started. I up to 65. Mm-hmm. You throw a couple on the bench for each team, you're up to the 80s. I mean, yeah, so yeah. any outfield that's starting has to have interest. You have no choice. Uh, so, yeah, right. he's stealing bases. I know for me, that definitely piques my interest. You know me, Joe. I don't draft yeah. it, so I need yeah. bases. Yes. All right. All right, so when we come back in the next hour, take a look at the uh, AFC South. What do you say? Then we get back to baseball, too. <laughs> 